Hello everyone! I think I'm going to change the name. Actually, I am going to change the name. These last eight weeks I've been workshopping this thing and the name for some reason is becoming a block for me. Considering I have a solid four listeners at this point, I think it is safe for me to change it. Why change it? Well, there is something about the word knowledge in the title that is troubling to me. It freaks me out. Uh, As though I am required to impart some knowledge upon you, dear listener. And well, at the time it made sense. I am a teacher, not only by training, but also by annoying nature. And now as I am eight weeks in, I feel like I have to take the pressure off a little bit. I've got to loosen up. Because if I want to keep going at this, uh, I'd like it to be a little more intimate, a little less formal. I want to find some comfort in sharing a little more nonsense and less knowledge. (laughs) Ultimately, everything will stay the same. I'll still have guest sessions every couple of weeks. I'll still share stories about the weird stuff I get myself into because of my rural life choices. But let's just bite the bullet and change this thing to What Befell Adele, the podcast. Because that makes me breathe a little easier. And is a more poetic interpretation of what is going on here. What Befell Adele has been my online moniker for a while now on Instagram and Tumblr and for the sake of continuity and my own confusing anxiety, I feel this is a better choice. Uh, It means that I can come on here and just talk to you about how much I love wool and feel okay about it. Really, it comes down to the fact that I wanted Uh, today to talk about sourdough and I realized that I wanted to talk about it but my knowledge on the subject is actually very limited or flawed I guess. (laughs) I've been failing to make sourdough for years now Every couple winters being reminded of the practice of making a sourdough starter and then attempting with terrible results to keep it alive and make a loaf of bread. Well, it's that time of year again to try and possibly fail at this. I feel like my inability to keep this life force of active yeast and lactobacillic bacteria alive is possibly the same reason why I find houseplants difficult. I am forgetful and easily consumed by other projects, but I have, for the past two weeks, been doing an okay job at this. Well, the first batch didn't work. Um, I followed the directions, I even used the kitchen scale, but it failed to activate and eventually went moldy. My second attempt, I actually started it with a teaspoon of baker's yeast, which I am sure is the wrong thing to do and completely against the rules, but so far, so good. I have fed it and separated it and fed it again, and it lives and it bubbles and it smells of sour. I stopped using the scale because I am bad at science, but things actually seem to be doing okay and better than before. So my process has been this. This is what has worked for me and is continuing to work this week. I made the starter with a cup of flour, a cup of water, and a teaspoon of yeast. Then every day for three days, I fed it one-fourth a cup of flour, 
and one-fourth a cup of water. I think it's important to note that the water I'm using is slightly warm. I'll take a bit of kettle water and then add tap water so that it feels warmer than the air. Warm to touch but not hot. Then on the fourth day I used a cup of the starter to make a loaf. So I removed a cup of the starter and from then on in each time I have removed a cup for bread making I replace it with a cup of flour and three-fourths cup of water. I went for a little less water because I was finding the starter a little wet. It didn't quite have the spongy quality that I was seeing on the internet from other people who were successful <laughs> making sourdough. So right now I have been on this amazing schedule of throwing a batch into mix in the bread maker in the morning and then getting it in a pan to rise before I leave at this time, I am also feeding my starter. I cover the glass container with a dish towel and leave it on the counter to do its thing during the day while I'm also letting my loaf of bread rise. So you want to cover your starter with a cloth. That's important. Probably cheesecloth would be ideal, but I don't have any. So I just use what I have on hand. You use a cloth because you want the wild yeast from the air to get in there and work its magic. Scientifically, that probably isn't exactly how it works, but I won't try to explain the science behind it. I'm cool with the microbial bread magic as an explanation. And the other thing that I do is try to keep the glass container very clean. I do this by alternating between glass containers. So each time I separate the starter and feed it, I then pour it into a clean glass container and then the other container gets washed with the day's dishes and the whole process gets repeated again. When I get home from work, I've got a loaf of bread that can go in the oven and I then pop the starter in the fridge. I don't bake the bread inside the bread maker because I just prefer it baked in the oven just for taste. But I use the machine for mixing because mixing and kneading is very time consuming. And as I learn more and more about bread making, I have discovered more and more about what I have been doing wrong over the years. And really the skill that is involved. So. While what I have been doing seems to be working well, I will get into what hasn't worked for me. Or let's say like the top five fails when it comes to bread making as experienced by Adele. Okay, number five would be bread dough with too much flour. So your dough actually has to be wet and sticky at first in order for it to be good. This isn't going to feel right but it is right. You have to work that dough until it gets a nice elastic quality. You can't just add flour until it's not sticky anymore. That is the wrong thing to do, but it is the thing that I used to do. So if you're hand kneading, you should get yourself a bread blade or scraper so that you can scrape the bread off of the surface you are kneading it on because it's super messy and that's good. That's what you want. I watched recently a, a Julia Childs video and she was using a hardware metal uh, store drywalling knife or 
applicator spatula. I don't know why I can't think of the exact word for this tool, but I'm sure you get me. It has a wooden handle and it's like a metal blade. I would call it a palette knife, but that's a painter term. So probably doesn't apply, but hopefully you get where I'm going with this. You need something like that because mixing dough is messy. That is why I just use the bread mixer because it honestly does all of that work and you don't have to get that wet bread stickiness all over your hands. My dream is to someday have a KitchenAid stand mixer, but for now the bread machine does the trick and use the tools you have, friends. Okay, so number four is temperature. This is a thing, a thing I don't have figured out yet. Uh, I'm still failing at this. Uh, it's because my house is really cold right now. I have been using, as I said earlier, kettle water to, uh, so slightly warm water, not too hot, but just warm. And this seems to be making a huge difference. My last attempts at making the starter were a dismal failure because it was just not warm enough for anything to start in the starter. I also used a very small amount of yeast this time around, just the first day that I started. And that honestly probably made all the difference too, but I do think the temperature is a thing and when it is too cold, stuff can't grow and you really want things to be able to grow. So temperature is a thing. If you can get your house, you know, room temperature and above, you're probably going to make a better starter. For me, starting it with warmer water has uh, definitely helped. Number three, cleanliness. So keep things clean. If you are keeping a starter change your containers because when you separate and feed you will get the starter on the sides of the container and you can scrape them down but it is hard to get it all and that is a mold risk and I have had moldy starters and that is sad so the two container system is a really good solution and I talked about that earlier. Number two is mindfulness. Don't forget about your starter. Like a houseplant, it will die or turn into some kind of frightful, ethanol-y, moldy thing. Well, actually, that isn't a problem you would face with a houseplant. But your starter is a living thing that needs care. And if it doesn't receive that care, it will get messed up. And so far, my track record is to mess it up. So... I'll keep you updated on this, whether or not I can actually keep my starter alive. And number one is time. This is so important to the finished product, that being bread. I always rush and it never works. And if you want terrible bread, don't let it rise long enough. But why would you want terrible bread? You don't. You want good bread, so give it the time of day, or all day for that matter. And for the first time, my bread is actually good. It actually cooks right. In my experience, bread doesn't cook properly if you don't give it enough time. It gets like, no matter how long you bake it for, this like gooey center that's just, it's not right. And now I suspect if your house was a normal temperature, you might not need all day, but 
if you are an Atlantic Canadian in an old house with electric baseboard heaters, uh, then you too should give your bread a little extra time, uh, about eight months of the year. It will need <laughs> more time to rise. Yeah, bread is just one of those things that takes a really long time. And to do it well, you need to have patience and you need to just be okay with that, with how long it's going to take. All right, you lovely people, that's it for today. Your bread doesn't have to be dead. I encourage you to get on the internet, do a little research, and get started on a starter. Fermentation is a beautiful thing. Let the wild yeast and bacteria do some of that digesting for you so you can enjoy delicious bread. I also wanted to give a little shout out to the artist Erin Foster and her project, The Gift of Cultured Culture. It was a site-specific work for the O Canada exhibition at the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. I will put a link in the description below. In this project, she collected wild yeast from different locations around the North Adams area and also constructed and installed a bake oven in a public garden space where the bread could actually be baked and distributed to people in the community. Um, her work is super fascinating. I, If you don't know about her, please check her out. It's hard to talk about sourdough and not think about her very cool project that she did all right bye folks see you next week